Hello, how are we doing? My name is Chris. I have a new life in Jesus Christ, and I'm recovering from fear of man, lust, and this past week, lashing out of my kids. Hello. I grew up in a church-going home with two loving and involved parents. Um, as soon as my dad came home from work, my brother and I would rush to him with a baseball glove, and before he could even change clothes, he'd play catch with us until dark. Dad was always available and supportive of my growth as a man. The steady encouragement from my earthly father remains a great example of my heavenly father to this day. At age 13, I went to a summer camp and realized that I had rebelled against God since my youth and my sin would cost me death. Because God loves me, he sent his own son Jesus to take my place of judgment on a splintered cross in exchange, I would receive the free gift of his grace. I was all fired up knowing I was clean of all my sin, and I thought everything would be different now. But my experience back home had largely been about following the rules or staying out of trouble. The same year I was saved, I discovered porn on the internet. Satan has a way about snatching the good seed as quickly as it's sown. Because my new life in Jesus had no roots, I felt ashamed and hid my porn addiction. My secret sin led to compulsive lying about everything. Growing through high school, I would use charm or empathy to cross sexual boundaries with girls in an effort to feel like a man. Those relationships would eventually end in deep frustration or sadness every time. As a teenager, I had missed God's plan for how men should honor and protect women, and instead I used them for my passions. I obscured Jesus' teaching in Matthew 5 that said, even to dwell on a woman lustfully is the same as committing adultery. And so therefore, I was an adulterer thousands of times over. What I wish I'd had as a young believer was someone to help me connect gospel truth to a transformed life in Jesus Christ. What does that look like? I'll encourage you, mentors are not just for recovery circles. Some of us need to step up and walk alongside a young believer in their faith today. I left for college with a spiraling porn addiction, broken trust with my parents, and a desperate desire to be affirmed by other people. In college, I started drinking excessively on the weekends to feel accepted by others, and it would numb the void in my life for a few hours at a time. In 2007, I arrived at Watermark one Sunday morning, and I was a wreck. One of the men shared from stage about how God had forgiven him and was healing him from decades of sexual sin including a porn addiction and running an adult video store. I thought, oh, no, 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 no. You can't talk about that stuff from stage, man. Um, so I honestly thought security was about to carry this guy off, never to be seen again. But it didn't go down like that. I, see, I had formed a misconception that Jesus loved me enough to die for my eternal salvation, but then somehow just left me to myself to work through all this flagrant sin I couldn't stop doing. Hebrews 4, 15 and 16 says it this way, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So get this. Drawing near with confidence can seem so backwards until you think deeply about how Jesus' experience in the dust of the earth perfectly qualifies him to know and understand the depths of what you're going through. He knows, and you don't repulse him. 
A few years later, I fell in love with someone that I never saw coming. She hung affirmation around my neck and gave me daily encouragement that I was making progress in life. You might wonder, what's her name? Most people would call her the marathon, but after about 20 miles, I came up with other choice names for her. My hang-up with Miss Marathon was that her medals and the euphoria from finishing a race took the place of a greater prize, being significant in God's eyes. One afternoon, due to the physical stress of pushing my body to the limit, I started having heart palpitations, which would lead to many months of unexplained panic attacks, dizziness, and constant anxiety. Although multiple doctors said I was perfectly healthy, at times I literally thought I was going to die. My inability to find center of gravity again drove me to Regen. The first night at Regen, I was amazed at how excited the leaders were to talk about their weaknesses. And frankly, that's not normal. I thought you people are either out of your minds or there was actually something here. A step one was pretty glaring for me. I heard that we are powerless over our addictions, brokenness, and sinful patterns. That in our own power, our lives are unmanageable. There was no denying that. My body and mind did not agree with the truth that I read at times. But I thank God I had an army of friends and community who lifted my eyes to gaze my Heavenly Father in the face. In step five, we confess to God, ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our sin. Here we go. My mentor listened to me describe years of self-medicating with sex, alcohol, and personal achievement without flinching. While I'd been looking for love in hollow places, my friend encouraged me the only significance that matters is God's measure of my worth when Jesus died on the cross and rose from the grave. John 15, 9 says it this way. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. Can you believe God's love for you is perfectly equivalent to his love for Jesus? It's the same. That ought to blow your mind. What God has done through humbling me and shaping me in Regen is simply amazing. I came to Regen exhausted and dried up inside, and he has shown me more joy and laughter through daily prayer dialogue when I trust his direction for my life. Y'all, did you know you can literally pray about anything and God will meet you where you're at? When I was dealing with panic attacks, there was simply nowhere to look but up. The Spirit taught me to pray and surrender finances, my career, obsessing over hobbies, road rage, family planning, the list goes on. God navigated me in a little over a year from lusting after medals or personal achievement to cradling Melanie, our oldest daughter. And incredibly, he's used our three kids more now than any other means not to add stress or anxiety, but wash me of it. That's his love in motion. The change in how I view others has also been significant. So God's spirit has compelled me to be obedient in ways I would have run from before. And you could tell I did a lot of running. He's prompted me to confess gossip to coworkers, admit lust to my wife, tell others when I've been condemning them inwardly, confess and repent from fits of rage with my kids, make amends with people I've taken advantage of. And you might say to me, Chris, why bother admitting all those hidden sins? Nobody even has to know. 1 John 1, 6 and 7 says this, if we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all our sin. So get this, if the blood of Jesus Christ purchased our salvation, 
confession and repentance are a means to the daily enjoyment of his presence. It helps us draw near to him. In marriage, God's taken some huge ground too. I shared earlier in my youth how I would build emotional trust with girls to get sex from them. When my wife Ellen and I started dating at the young age of 18, I struggled to view her as a sister in Christ and would charm her just like prior girlfriends. What that looked like when we rolled into marriage was serving to get notice, serving to earn intimacy. At best, that'll wear you out, and at worst, it'll make you bitter. To shake things up, a friend of mine challenged me to write out a set of birthday coupons that she had a year to redeem. They range from radical date ideas or just simple ways I could share responsibility with her. Many of them were open-ended or could be applied in in a variety of ways. The catch was I needed to serve Ellen out of love with no strings attached. Note, this is just how Jesus pursues us. Now, his promises, man, they are so much greater than a coupon, but it helped me imitate how he came not to be served, but to serve. I honestly had a blast rediscovering what matters most to my bride since a lot had changed since adding kids to the house. The most important thing I can share with you tonight is that Jesus is alive. He is the King of Kings, and he loves you. If this is your first night, please know that everybody came in with the past, but I thank God he offers freedom to every human soul. No sin is too great, and no person is too far gone. My name is Chris. I have a new life in Jesus Christ, and I'm recovering from lust and fear of man. I give God all the glory.